The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. The award-winning podcast that's never won an award. Downloaded and listened to around the world. Join the conversation on our social media. An educational experience that'll make you laugh. You're listening to Just Some Podcast. And here's your hosts, Ben and Tom. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just Some Podcast. This is Tom. Hey, this is Ben. Tom, man, how'd your week? So far, this week's better than last week. I was sick all week last week, so that sucked. But tonight, I watched an amazing documentary. I know we talked about it a little bit uh, pre-production, but if you get a chance, or anybody listening gets a chance to watch the now Oscar-winning documentary uh called free solo it is fantastic and even though you know what's going to happen at the end i literally sat there with my palms sweating on the edge of my seat leaning forwards like i was in some kind of moral danger just (laughs) watching this guy climb this three thousand foot piece of granite with no ropes it was fantastic and terrifying all at the same time so highly suggest it how was your week well, I think I'm still a little jet lagged. I am tired. <laughs> I ended up flying to Illinois for some training. And first off, I mean, the company that I'm going to be working for was great and exceptional, and I can't say enough good things about them. But who the hell books something in Illinois in February? First off. Secondly, people that hate you, that's who. <laughs> secondly, you know, I'm, I'm a big guy, Tom. I mean, I'm 6'2", you know, and pounds. Uh, <laughs> they, I don't know what horse jockey they decided these airline seats, but good night, man. You got to, like, pour yourself into it, and none of them, like, and I'm sure it was some bean counter somewhere. Oh, yeah. And it was like, well, sir, if we are you know, can take two inches off of each seat. We can add three extra seats to the airplane. And so I'm sure that's probably where the whole idea came from. So I get it, but damn, give me some, give me some arm room. And like the flight to Chicago initially, I sit next to this guy and he's about my size and we're both, you know, we were very nice guy. He's actually, we were talking and he's like, Hey, what do you do? I'm a nurse practitioner. Like, what do you do? He's like, I'm a college professor. And he's like this like long bearded, Harley riding looking guy, you know, and he's like, he looks at both of us. And he's like, you wouldn't think that you and I would be the college professor and the nurse practitioner on the plane, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I I got to be honest. I think I've gotten that more than once myself. Like you're the guy taking care of me. Like, yeah, unfortunately for you. So <laughs> that's how it works. I am. Uh, 
I am not a small fellow myself. So yeah, I feel the struggle and the pain climbing into that aluminum tube, knowing you're about to be shoehorned into a piece of fabric that 12,000 other people have farted into before you and just hope that you make it through the ride alive. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, and yeah. by the way, I don't I, I don't blame flight crews. I just don't like flying. Like, I've never really had a bad experience, but just, you know, when they're like an emergency landing and I'm like, nope, hitting the ground at 700 miles an hour. That's a crash. I don't care how you cut it. That that's bad. But that seatbelt will save you. So <laughs> yeah, it's a flotation help. device. I don't know what flotation device it is going to do me if I hit the side of a mountain, but that's cool. So <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, no, it's it's been good. I'm glad that you made it through all that. And yeah. uh, hey, didn't we do a commercial for something that you went and did too? Wasn't that that weekend? Yeah. So not only did I have to jet set it, you know, from where I live to Illinois and then back, but then I had a quick turnaround. I ended up landing at the local airport at like 10:45, and then had to end up in Joplin so that I could be the four state APN conference that we had talked about previously. And so that was a good conference. Had Christine from Antidote Stories of Medicine. She was Skyped in. And then Jeff from um, some of our earlier episodes was there. And dude is still officially crazy smart. <laughs> I actually had a uh, listener that is a non-healthcare professional. Like they're not in the field, but they listen to the show. And they're like, hey, um, can he be my doctor? I said, not if you don't live in Iowa. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but uh, he's like, well, can't he just Skype in? I'm like, that's not, that's not how it works. But thank you. I'm sure he would be truly appreciative to know that you care that much. So it, it was good. I, I'm still getting a lot of feedback on some of these uh, episodes we just did. So yeah, that's no. a, I think that's a good path. So uh, since we were talking about Skype and computers in some kind of roundabout way, I'm trying to tie this into a social media shout out that you need to do. So, Ben. Well, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Just Some Podcast. You can find us on the web, www.justsomepodcast.com. Email us, admin at justsomepodcast.com. You can also now find us on Helium Radio as well. We are on Helium Radio After Dark which is their channel too. And we are on their heliumradio.com and the helium radio app. Our show will definitely be on Thursdays, 9 PM Eastern, eight central, and then having replays throughout the week. Tom, what else can they do? Well, first of all, they can give us any reviews and ratings on any of those multiples, non award-winning social media sites that you just listed. They can take a listen to us on the helium radio network at all the places you just uh, spoke about. They can also go to our website, uh, scroll to the bottom. There's an Amazon affiliate link, which they can then click on for free. Costs them nothing, takes them right back to Amazon and they can shop like nothing else ever happened. And it helps out the show. We know some of you guys have been using it and we truly appreciate it. So thank you again. And I'm willing to bet. And I, let me explain this first before I before I go too much further. Um, when you use the Amazon link, we can see what is purchased. We can't see who bought it. We can't see where it go, anything like that. We can we just get a running inventory of, hey, here's what was bought, and here's basically what your profit is off of that. I'm willing to bet that our guest tonight has probably used our Amazon link. I could be wrong, but that's just I'm pontificating. Oh, oh, look at that. <laughs> He's using he's using the multiple syllable words here tonight, people. This must be super exciting. 
Super exciting. So let's introduce our guest. Tom, what do you think? I think so. So, Miss Jennifer, do you want to say hello to the people listening? I am here. And yes, I do use your Amazon link. See, I Probably knew. two or three times a week, honestly. Awesome. <laughs> I'm a heavy Amazon user as well as essential oils. See. So will you tell everybody briefly, since you actually have been able to use it, how easy is it to use? Oh, very simple. Because the first time that I use it, I just go ahead and make a bookmark. So I have it bookmarked. I just go click and that's it. Awesome. Was it because some podcast host gave some awesome description of how easy it was to use and you just knew instinctively how I to get instinctively. to it? Yes, oh, absolutely. See, I wanted it was like, support. Yo, it, was, it was like she had almost been there before because somebody gave such good instructions on how to use it. That's amazing. That's right. That's, that's, right. that's, that's awesome. So tonight's episode, uh, since we spoke about it a little bit, is going to be on essential oils, which is a hot topic in the healthcare world. And Miss Jennifer, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and, and what we're going to be talking about tonight? All right. Well, um, medically, I have been an EMT for about 28 years now. And then on my essential oil usage, I have used oils and herbs for the last 25 years. Uh, it wasn't till the last two years ago that I was introduced to a new company, which opened up just um, a lot of questions, I think, for me, because once I used that first oil, I could not believe the response that my body had to it. And it got me pretty excited. And so I started researching them more, using them more, and um, having success. I should also say that I have been very fortunate to um, be under the direction of and under the care of two wonderful nurse practitioners over the course of my last many, many years with lots of health issues. And so um, I love my nurse practitioners because they are always ready to dig in, even on the crazy, wacky stuff that I brought them, which were a lot of times essential oils and herbs. So since probably the last year, I, uh, like I said, I dug in. I've been um, certified by the Center of Aromatherapy Research and Education in Applied Vitaflex, Essential Oil Chemistry, the Raindrop Massage, and History of Anointing with Oils. So it's been a fun year of learning. Raindrop Massage? Raindrop Massage. That's probably for a whole nother podcast, but it's an amazing a massage, not like you'd think, you know, dig into the muscle kind of thing, but the dropping of essential oils along the spine and clearing out a lot of junk and going in and, and correcting uh, your cellular DNA. It's amazing. All right. Well, I had never heard of that. So I was just wondering what exactly. A what exactly that is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yes. So before we get into deep in essential oils and we will get there. We're we're gonna. Oh, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. <laughs> oh yeah. You can't forget our other thing, Tom. We do stories you may have missed, man. Well, no, I had. I, I was just kind of doing the intro, still talking to her. Just making. I sure. was gonna say, well, Ben. I know you were then... excited to get into the essential oil. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to rein you back in a little bit, buddy. Uh, well, to be fair, to be oh. fair. <laughs> I was simply going to be handing it back to you, but please go ahead. Well, I found an interesting article that I wanted to discuss with you. 
we're both busy nurse practitioners, and Jennifer works. Okay. There is a new study out showing that sleeping more on the weekends does not make up for past sleep loss. So, do you know what the CDC's recommended guidelines for numbers number of hours of sleep that you should get is? I'm assuming eight or anything more than I'm currently getting. <laughs> the uh, CDC's guidelines is actually seven hours per night. Okay. So there was a study done by the Journal of Sleep Research that suggested, basically, if you were able to repay your sleep debt on the weekends by not getting insufficient sleep during the weeknights, that it could be beneficial to maintaining your health. That was done last year. A new study that came out this month in Current Biology contradicts that conclusion. It states that the weekends are, in fact, not enough to reverse the damage that sleep loss during the week causes. So basically, getting two hours of sleep during the week and sleeping in one day, it's not cutting it. It's not cutting it. And it can even lead to metabolism problems, insulin resistance, and weight gain as well. Holy crap. Is that what's been going on this whole time? I just haven't been sleeping enough? Is that that's what? Oh, well, if I had only known this at some point in my life that I wasn't getting enough sleep and that's why I was becoming a fatty, then I would have really done something about that beforehand. <laughs> but yeah, to get more specific, it does say that in terms of specific metabolic changes, the researchers noticed that participants who restricted their sleep every night had lower insulin sensitivity. Um, high insulin sensitivity is a marker of good health. And even those who were sleeping extra on the weekends were still having issues with insulin sensitivity. So apparently you need to sleep more, Tom. I do need to sleep more. I should have become a paramedic so I could just sleep on the job. That's all they do. Nothing? Come on, Jennifer. No, I, I, that was a meatball. I threw that right up to you. I'm an EMT. I just save paramedics. Oh, so you sleep even more than the paramedics do? <laughs> I have no comment. <laughs> I don't need to go on this run. Sounds <laughs> Just go without me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Quite a fit in our guest, Tom. <laughs> no, I love paramedics. I think I've I think I've made it pretty clear. I like to give them a hard time, but I do as a ER former ER nurse love and cherish my uh first responders that get out there before me. So it's definitely uh it's a like a sibling rivalry type type Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So we've talked about all that, Ben. Now, are we ready to possibly get into some of these hard pressing questions? Let's get into it, man. All right. So, Jennifer, we're going to be talking about some of these questions here in a second. And I'll be honest, I'm open minded, but I am completely one of the skeptics in the community about how things work or how well they work. So that's why we wanted to make sure we brought someone on that had a lot of knowledge to help discuss this. Now, my I'll be completely honest. My wife uses them and she truly enjoys these products. I am still just in the dark. Perhaps that's my problem with information on essential oils. Sure. Absolutely. And that is, um, I get that a lot. I get these questions a lot. Like I, what is an oil? What does it do? And things like that. And so, you know, my main premise today is just talking about from 
the standpoint of, you know, you as a physician and you have this patient that comes in and they're like all excited. They've been using these oils and you're like, I don't know what to say, you know, if it's working great, if it's not. But I think there's some real questions that you as a physician can be asking your patients too. And so I hope today that by the time we're done, that you're going to feel comfortable asking those tough questions to your patients because there are some safety issues and so forth that come along with anything new like this. And it's perfectly um, normal to set things on a shelf that we don't quite understand. I'm one of those. I like a lot of research behind it. And, you know, I'll delve in. And, and if I don't understand something, it's st- it stays up on that shelf for a little while until I can prove it right or wrong. So I, I'm with you. And that is one of the things that Jennifer and I talked about prior to her coming on the show, which, I mean, obviously she's an avid listener of the podcast, and she actually sought me out and said, hey, can I come on the show and talk about essential oils? And I said, well, I don't have a problem with that. I, like Tom, is somewhat skeptical. My wife is into it now and is getting more into it, and so I'm kind of learning more along the way. But I was like, you know, if we have you on, we're going to talk, like, scientific-based stuff because as we've talked about in previous episodes, you know, there are some fallacies out there making, you know, snake oil claims and things of that nature. And we want to obviously avoid that. So I, I would say I am for anything that's going to help my patients. So if this is great, you know, something that's going to be truly helpful, let's, let's talk about it. Or like she said, and I thought that was a great angle for us to talk about this was, you know, our patients are going to be using these things. So let's know what they're doing or, at least some basic information to kind of help us make some decisions on them. So that's all great. My problem is, is that I seem, and again, I, I'm not really diving into strictly essential oil information. So I'm willing to say that a lot of this can be inflammatory one way or the other, but like I keep seeing stuff that's like, oh, if you just mix this oil and this oil and put three drops on your wrist, like it'll cure diabetes. And I'm like, no. Or on the other side, I see like there was a show, uh, I think it's called Botched, the plastic surgeons that fix other plastic surgeons. Uh, There was was a woman and admittedly, she did not use them completely 100% the way that she was told to, but she had a basic skin cancer and applied some salve that had type oils. I don't want to say they were specifically essential oils, but it basically ate holes in her face. And I'm like, holy crap. You know, so those are the types of things that have maybe steered me in the direction of being a little more skeptical than maybe I should be. Sure. Absolutely. So is that something that you run into on a regular basis when you're talking to people or... It is, you know, and like I said, this last year, I've really delved in. I've taken classes. I've gotten certified a couple times a month. I'm teaching an essential oil 101 class here locally, or I will go on my Facebook live and, and do a class. So people understand uh, the different types of uh, oils, the grades of oils that they're dealing with. It's not just going to your box store and, oh, look, it's $20 for six oils, what did you just buy? You just bought a fragrance. You know, you really did not buy a therapeutic essential type oil. And so I do get a lot of these questions. And so really, what is an essential oil? You will read over and over that oils are called the lifeblood of a plant. Okay, well, what does that mean? So the, that particular oil circulates through the plant tissue, passes through the cell walls, carries nutrition into the cells, and carries waste products out. 
Okay, so you've got that whole biology right there. So when we are taking in essential oils, when they're applied to people, they do the same thing. They carry oxygen into the cells. They carry waste products out. They're really one of the best body cleansers that we have, detoxifiers that we have out there. So they go in and they can cleanse your receptor sites of those petrochemicals and some other pharmaceutical drugs that hang in those receptor sites and other disruptors that, you know, so our body can't communicate the way it needs to. They will go in, they'll help chelate heavy metals and other toxins. And so they remove them by flushing them through the liver, the colon, our sweat, uh, through the lungs and our kidneys. Uh, So we are better able, our bodies are able to take care of themselves once they get rid of some of these junk. So here's a fun fact. Ready for fun fact? I'm always ready for fun facts. Okay, fun fact. Here we go. So the human body is composed of around 100 trillion cells. That's a whole lot of zeros behind there. 100 trillion cells. A lot. Essential oils are composed of around 40 million trillion molecules per single drop. So how in the world? I, I can't really wrap my mind around this, but 40 million trillion molecules per single drop. The molecules are extraordinarily small. They're less than 300 Dalton, or that's the atomic mass unit in weight. They're very, very small. So that matters because they're able to pass through all of our tissues and go directly into our bodies. So the body's able to transport the molecules within minutes just by placing one drop of essential oil um, on the bottom of your feet. In 20 minutes, your entire body will be infiltrated with about 400,000 molecules around each cell. If that didn't blow your mind, one more fact here. In 22 seconds, oil molecules reach the brain. That's inhalation. In two minutes, they are found in the bloodstream. We use them topically in two minutes. Within 20 minutes, they've been carried uh, throughout your entire body. Essential oils are also metabolized within two and a half hours. So one of my, I guess one of my first questions is, how many studies do we have showing this? How many studies? Well, I mean, I, I'm not looking for a specific. I'm just saying when someone like me says, okay, where did you get that data? Like, where are these studies at that show this information? So that particular fun fact came from the chemistry of essential oils made simple by Dr. David Stewart. And I do have that resource notated for you guys so you can put it up and people can uh, look into that book. But that was part of my chemistry and essential oils class that I took. All right, Jennifer. So one of my questions then, or one of the questions, because we had put it out in a couple of nurse practitioner groups about, you know, hey, if you have patients who are using these, what are some things that you want to know? And so we got a lot of questions back. So one of the questions was... When is ingesting oil recommended? And is there any type of warnings that need to go along with that? Do you have to have a certain type of oil? Uh, Can you kind of walk us through some of that? Sure. So to understand, you know, if we should ingest oils or not, we should probably understand the four different ways in which essential oils can enter the body. So through the lungs with inhalation, through the skin topically, through the digestive tract internally, and through the absorbent tissues of our body orifices. Some are appropriate and some are not. Okay, 
So the Germans have a school of thought and theirs is primarily inhalation. So if you read any literature from the Germans, they are inhaling oils all of the time. They're diffusing them. The English are going to emphasize topically with massage. Now, what's interesting about the English method is that they dilute, dilute, dilute everything. So it's a 2 to 5% essential oils as the best practice of aromatherapy. So they want your oils diluted in a low concentration, and but they are dealing mainly with the fragrance industry. So it's really interesting mm. when you go and you start mm. researching, will this essential oil help? Will it kill me? What's going on? Is for you really to look and see where's this coming from? Is it an English documentary? Because they're dealing mainly with the fragrance in industry. So for an oil to be labeled as therapeutic, if you're looking at the bottle and it says a therapeutic oil, it only needs to contain 5 to 10% of actual oil. So... Uh, when we look at those studies, it's important to note, like if the information is discussing a fragrant oil or a therapeutic oil, and also understand the company that's behind it, like where do they stand and those kind of things. So the English are also really good about tearing apart a compound. Let's say lavender, for instance. Lavender actually has 80 to 100 constituents in it. Where when you're dealing with a drug, you have one compound in it, and that's all you have to deal with. So the English will take apart lavender and say, oh, my goodness, it has such and such in it. That's horrible. You should never take lavender. And so you really have to look and, and see the study, see it at face value, and understand if it's actually a therapeutic oil or if they've isolated something from the oil as a whole. So that's important because they could actually label something as unsafe when the oil as a whole and when it works together in nature is not unsafe. So then we have the French method and the French emphasize taking essential oils orally, but in practice, uh, they utilize all four methods of administration, um, including oils that are applied neat or undiluted to the skin. So all four ways are valid each with their advantages and disadvantages. So I actually conform to the three ways of using essential oils, um, inhalation topically and ingestion. So it's also important to understand the company that you are working with. I only use Young Living Oils and that's for several reasons. They have a seed to seal standard, meaning they own their own farms. They know where their seed is sourced. They go all that are organic. They package their own oils and they control everything about that. They have over 600 products. And so it's a company that I feel very comfortable with that I have researched out. So Young Living also has set the standard very high for other oil companies to follow. The FDA came out uh, with regulations back in 2014 and basically said, if this is not a drug that we're talking about, you can't associate this oil with a certain method of usage if it, you know, is a medical usage. Does that make sense, I guess, on that? 
That makes sense. So you can't you can't misrepresent the label or anything like that. So Young Living actually has a white label, and I think both of you have some peppermint oil in front of you, and it is the Young Living white label, and that line is GRAS, generally regarded as safe for internal usage. I like how you said generally considered. (laughs) That's the the acronym, Tom. I can't help that. It is generally regarded as safe. But they have an entire line of oil, so it's important. Um, You know, when you're dealing with your patient of saying you took that internally, what company are you using? Are you confident? Have you done the research to know that these oils are actually safe to be ingested? Because as the distillation process goes, you could take peppermint oil, for example. There is a standard that there's an ISO in Switzerland and the European Commission, both adopted standards by the AFNOR. It's the Association Francaise de Normalization. Say that five times fast. For therapeutic-grade oils set by any government agency in North America. However, FDA-enforceable standards for manufacturing drugs and medicines, um, as well as supplements and so forth. So the AFNOR standards are for a minimum profile of compounds. So like I said before, like lavender has 80 to 100 compounds in it. Well, they're only going to look at six. So if you look at peppermint oil... Uh, with that standard, it has to contain 35 to 45% menthol, 10 to 20% methadone, 4 to 9% methyl acetate, and 3 to 7%, it's the 1-8 cineol. There's more to that particular oil. Those are just the ones that they're going to look at. So an, ethyl, an unethical company could actually synthesize these four compounds, mix them together into proportions, that are wanted, add a suitable filler oil, and it would pass their test. So you have to know what company that and their standards and what they stand for uh, that you're getting actually a pure product. So Jennifer, one of the questions I guess I have at this point then is, let's say we'll, we'll just use peppermint for instance so the patient is saying hey i've been using this peppermint oil and i'm getting sicker should one of our first questions be like do you have the grade for ingestion or are you using one that's made to be only topical like is there that big of a difference absolutely yes there is yes absolutely so you know if you have this concern maybe they have the bottle with them and you can take a look at the particular label so some of your lesser quality oils are actually cut with solvents. That's not something that you, we really need to be ingesting. So we want the, you know, the full plant there, not any other added fillers and toxins and so forth. So these standards have been put in place for the consumer, but they're not looking at the full spectrum of it. And so you know, the unscrupulous ones are ones that want to save money are going to do just that. Take that lavender, that sweet lavender smell. It smells so good. And then you smell Young Living's lavender oil. Okay, well, we have two farms, one in France and one here in Mona, Utah. And the soil makes a difference. The weather makes a difference on how that oil is going to smell. And sometimes I get that and it's just that real earthy lavender smell. 
it's not sweet. Like, you know, we get our bathroom sprays and we start spraying lavender and everything. And it's more of a sweet flowery. It's not that it is actually the true plant. And sometimes that can be off to consumers. And so companies will actually go in and get that compound that makes that lavender smell so nice and sweet. And they add that to it to be more palatable. I guess you could say for the consumer, but it's not better. So that was basically what you're saying, if I understand you correctly, is so as a consumer, like Johnson's and Johnson's baby oil has like the lavender scent. So companies potentially may add some of that more scent that people are used to, to their oil to market it better. Is that, am I understanding you correctly? Right. You're looking at more of a fragrance hey it smells great but there's really no therapeutic value to it does that make sense that makes sense yeah okay so young living set a standard as i said before you know you can't make a claim of i have a headache and use this oil for it you can't say things like that because um that is a medical use for that I could say, you know, support a circulatory system or something along those lines that you could be guided in what oils to use for your body system. And so Young Living, what they did was uh, label a specific line of oils that are safe for internal use. They want people knowing what oils are okay for you to use internally and ones that are not labeled that way. So you will see that the peppermint oil that you have in front of you is a white label that is called a vitality line, and that is meant for ingestion. So are you guys ready? Okay, so I have a question before we do. And it's not because okay. it's generally safe, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's generally safe. <laughs> and you guys trust me, so. <laughs> My question then is because of the FDA and because you can't say, oh, for headaches you can't you know i can't say oh well take this oil or use this oil whatever the case may be is it implied is uh, i mean because how do people get information that's what you're wanting to know how do they know what to use and that's a very good question because you know it's a blessing and a curse at the same time the fda wants to protect the consumer but the consumer is left with how do i use this right they're just rubbing random stuff on going oh what do you do and so I, you will see that I provided you with lots of resources um, on the page yes. that you have. And, and we'll make sure. And so, yes, so everybody can uh, look that out there. There's an excellent pocket reference that Life Science Products and Publishing puts out that lists every single one of the oils, including blends that Young Living has, has historical uses, has the chemical uh, compound breakdowns of that, has what it what that oil can be used for. So if someone does have a particular question, they might be able to, in that particular book, uh, look up an ailment that they are having, and it's going to be able to list it for them. So that is a third party not associated with Young Living. And so that's, that's the separation that has had to take place. The actual oil companies cannot really do Um, a lot of the education other than general. So your patient, if they don't have these particular resources, could possibly be using the oils incorrectly as well. So it it is very good that they have some good resources. Another very good resource um, online is pubmed.gov, and you're probably familiar with that. 
and published studies of how essential oils are used. If you want to know about a particular oil, just type it in and see what comes up um, on those particular studies. There's also essential oil apps uh, that are actually very good, and I have those listed for you guys too. Well, that, I guess to me as a provider and as a nurse practitioner, that makes me feel a little bit better that the companies aren't necessarily advertising what it can be used for. It has to be a third party, you know, because then you're not going to say, oh, well, this oil said that they can, which is where we see it a lot on the websites of some of the, uh, some of the stuff that like Tom and I talked about, about, oh, we'll use this oil on your skin cancer. And if you, you know, there's a shit ton of websites out there that do that. So I'm glad to hear that there are. Right. Companies that out there that are like, hey, you know what, here's some resources we can give you, but we're not actually saying, hey, use this oil for this. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people, too, turn to Pinterest because all you have to do is put essential oils on what ailment you have and you're going to get every kind of meme and picture and graphic and whatnot. And you don't know where that information has come from. Um, I had a, a lady in particular that said, well, someone told me if I was going to lose weight, I needed to use this, this, and this, and this is how many drops three times a day. And I went, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Thank you for asking me because no, that is not good. You know, that you, you can't ingest that many oils and not have something terribly wrong <laughs> happen to you. Can't believe everything on Pinterest. So Drinking turpentine is then what you're saying is not good. No, not, okay. not good. I'm writing that down to make sure I remember that one. Okay. All right. Very well, good. So of, let's. So speaking of ingestion, you we do have the the peppermint oil at your. You have the peppermint. Yes. Okay. So peppermint has a constituent called sesquiterpene in it, and sesquiterpenes are awesome. They actually are very high in oxygen and increase the oxygen to your brain. So a lot of my classes, I will start out so people retain the information that I am telling them is to have them try some peppermint. So what you're going to do is put one drop in your hand. All right, hold on. You got this, do I have to shake this first? No, actually with Young Living, the, you'll have a large hole in the middle, and that's just the burp hole. So just kind of turn the bottle until a drop will come out. So what if two drops I come out? Two. Oh, well. Okay. Yeah. We're going double strength. We're big guys. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, now you're going to take your thumb of the opposite hand and rub it in a circle just real quick. And then you're going to take your thumb and put it at the roof of your mouth for about 10 what? seconds. I'm going to put it against the roof of my mouth for what? For 10 seconds. The roof of your mouth for 10 seconds. And I give that as a general advice of about 10 seconds because you're going to start to feel that at the roof of your mouth. And it's going to be awesome. Well, it smells like peppermint. I'll tell you right now, it doesn't taste like peppermint. (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, I wouldn't say bad, but I was expecting, you know, because it smells strongly of peppermint. Oh, yeah, it smells great. Yes. But, oh, that is, yeah, that not, is not a, that's not, not the sweet. You are getting the actual plant. Well, the plant tastes oh. like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, 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 
I can right, see I can see why people like the sugar. Put <laughs> your hands together. And then do not get it near your eyes, guys, but go ahead and inha- inhale that then. So for safety, should I be washing my hands <laughs> before? Let's just say this. Oh. Don't use the bathroom for a little while. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right. Well. Jalapenos. <laughs> yeah. You didn't eat salsa before this, did you? So no, That would not be good. Okay. So. <laughs> Yeah. So what did it, what, how do you feel? Did it do anything for you? Um, it opened my sinuses a little bit. Whew. Oh, okay. That's a good answer. <laughs> I can breathe. I'm still like, <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, I'm still focusing on the, like I said, it's not a horrible taste, but it's, it's a trick on your senses. Cause I think my whole life I've eaten peppermints. Yeah. Exactly. You're expecting that taste, and my nose keeps smelling peppermint, and my mouth's like, "That's not what you got. <laughs> you got the real deal. You got the real." My deal. first thought was, "Did I like sanitize my hands earlier and forget about it?" I mean, it it was like it wasn't <laughs> the flavor you were anticipating. Not, yes. but it, like like Tom said, it's not off putting completely. It's just odd it's different. like she I, i'll give her this i when she said you know this is the real play and i'm like yep i feel like i got a bush in my mouth right now that's <laughs> that's definitely one way of putting it just like yeah no I, it's it's kind of i feel you know i'm not gonna lie i feel refreshed i just at the same time my tongue keeps going you need to do something <laughs> something something happened so, um, so peppermint, as you know, they have them at restaurants. For what reason? To not taste like tree bark. <laughs> so when you when you've had a full meal, it is to aid in digestion. Right. Oh, that too. And so exactly. So the peppermint oil um, is very good ingested when we've got that dige- digestive discomfort. Uh, we could hmm. say that um, you need a little bit of support. So is that something like if my wife says, "Oh, my stomach's upset," I could shove your thumb tell her, her to do this and peppermint on it. Yeah, shove my thumb in her mouth. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, yes. so so actually, and I I know I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but so that brings up to a really good question: contraindications, and we don't have to get into all of them. I I don't expect you to list all of them, but. This one in particular, you know, is this safe for kids? If it's not safe for kids, at what age would this be safe? Right. So let's, yeah, let's stop and talk about kids just a little bit. So children are much smaller. And we talked about that at the very beginning, that 400,000 molecules around each cell. Well, you can imagine that that's, you know, that much more concentrated on a child. So oil should always be diluted when we use them on children, oils are lipophilic, meaning they love lipids or fats. So that's why carrier oils. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Lots of love in the Tom bod. So you're going to want to use carrier oils like coconut, almond, or olive oil. They are a fatty oil uh, that will mix very well with um, the essential oil. So the main application method that we're going to use for children is on the feet. And think about it. If they got peppermint on their hands, which peppermint is not recommended for children anyway, 
But if they, let's say they got into the peppermint, you know, your wives leave them out and the kids are curious and they get into them and now they're crying and they've got it in their eyes and so forth. Well, you're not going to wash it out with water because water and oil don't mix. You're going to take one of these, um, the coconut almond or olive oil, and you're going to put a lot of quantity on them because that is going to help dissipate that oil and that pain will go away very quickly with that. So we choose to use them on the feet uh, a lot of times because the the nerve endings that are on the bottom of the feet are just like a conduit that will come up uh, into the body and be able to be utilized in the body without having to put them in sensitive areas or on the hands where they could, you know, get in trouble with those or put them in their mouth or something like that. Okay. So, so, so let's, let, let's get to that for a safety issue then. So let's say we have a child who did get this into their mouth. They ingested it or something like that. What, what is the treatment options available to us at that point? So I actually went to a conference this last week where a lady's son got into some of the um, vitamins that Young Living puts out. And he took a, a lot of them. She was worried, but not worried. He actually did break out in a rash. Uh, come to find out that was that dumping of the vitamin B uh, oil. Uh, that was in there, but um, it did pass. So a lot of times things are just going to end up passing. Um, Ingesting of the oils is not a horrific thing. As I mentioned before, the oils are out of our system in two and a half hours. Obviously, if there's a huge concern, if there's, you know, uh, I I can't even imagine that there'd be a respiratory issue uh, with a particular oil, but if there is, you know, obviously we have our or common sense of calling 911, calling our doctor, calling poison control and seeing, you know, what, what may be used. If it's a topical application and they ended up spilling it all over themselves and they're like, it's hot, it's burning me. That is very easy to fix with a carrier oil and it dissipates very quickly with carrier oil. Well, I, so Tom, like FaceTime and so I can see him. I want you to know that he is frequently sniffing his hands and I think he may be high. (laughs) (laughs) not not high but this stuff smells really good and like i said i've been i'm still getting over some congestion so to be completely fair because like i said i i'm sure i'm probably the bigger the two skeptics between us i'm like wow this is really opening up the old airway while i'm talking so i've been muting my mic and just inhaling as hard as i can and then i look over and ben is like falling over laughing because i didn't realize he was like watching me smell my hands so that's been fun all right (laughs) okay you can put another drop in your hand and actually rub some on in front of and behind your ears okay so topically you've done it internally we're gonna use it topically now all right one one drop drop here right this is great this is great So, okay, top five oils for kids. You ready for this? Top five oils. Cedarwood, Roman chamomile, orange, lavender, and thyme. And there is a wonderful, wonderful book called Gentle Babies, Essential Oils and Natural Remedies for Pregnancy, Childbirth, Infants, and Young Children by Deborah Rayburn. Excellent, excellent book. There are actually probably a handful more oils that are used, but the top five oils for kids, cedarwood for calming the crazies, same with the Roman chamomile, 
orange for just kind of, you know, lifting the, their, um, lifting them up first to kind of wake them up first thing in the morning, get their sleepies all out of them. And of course, lavender has, it's like the Swiss army knife. It has so many different uses. Um, and especially for children is very, very tame oil. It is not a hot oil. Uh, like you would think like cinnamon or clove or something like that is a very tame oil and is used in many, many baby products, you know, and then thyme uh, for, to help support the immune system. So those are the top five oils. Speaking of hot oils, the peppermint here is a little warm. (laughs) Okay. So holler at your wives, go get some olive oil or coconut oil. (laughs) That'll dissipate. Like, I, I would say I'm, I'm doing okay, but I can f- definitely feel the sensation yeah, like, that he's talking about. It's but, not like fire, but right. it's like, it's. Oh, yeah. I notice it's yeah. there. Yeah. So I guess, so what are some ones, and we don't have to have like a top five bad ones, but what are some ones that if my patient says, oh, I ingested this or I gave it to my child that are like, okay, we know those are not supposed to be ingested. Like which, what what are some oils that if they say I've used this specific oil in this specific way, it's an automatic no-go? Well, off the top of my head, I'm going to say wintergreen ingested is a no-no. Okay. And is there any specific effects we should be watching for or anything like that? Mm, Honestly, I'm more worried. Like if I have a parent, come in with a child or the patient themselves and they're saying well i've been drinking wintergreen you know and i've been having diarrhea should that be like that should be the thing i'm tracking and saying okay i don't know a lot about essential oils but i know that there's a couple you shouldn't be ingesting is is that like is there a way to look that up or is there a guide for that or is there some that you think we as nurse practitioners should be aware about you know, that's a good question. And I will look those up for you and uh, get back with you. But I don't have like the top five of that never should be ingested no, that's um, fine. for you. Um, but yeah, now you've got me curious because I, I guess I'm a person of if it says that I can't use it internally, I'm not going to. I think what you're going to run into more is I put this oil on my kid and they have this terrible rash. Yeah, and exactly. Where you go, okay, what? Where did you get your oil from? Where was it sourced? You know, and right away you can probably look at uh, that they're having a a topical issue due to um, solvents that are in there. So another question that I get a lot is, can I be allergic to essential oils? And so fact 90% of all allergenic substances are proteins or polypeptides. Those are not found in essential oils. When you distill the oil, you are getting uh, the lighter molecules that come to the top and those proteins or polypeptides stay behind. So for example, I am very allergic to cedar wood. I have a cedar chest that I keep sweaters in and every time I open it up, mm mm-mm. Don't, I can't do it, but I regularly diffuse cedar wood at night to help calm me down and help me sleep better. And I have no problems whatsoever with that. So the non-allergenic reactions to essential oils 
uh, you are not going to get from a pure therapeutic grade essential oil. That is very rarely, rarely known to happen. I did have one phone call that the mom put, put it on neat, straight on her daughter, and uh, did not use a carrier oil with it and wanted to know why her daughter's arm was so red. Well, did you dilute it? No. Well, that's, that's the problem. You've got to dilute it. And as soon as she got that carrier oil on there, then, you know, she was fine. But again, if it's a perfume, if it's a massage or a food grade oil, we don't know what synthetic substances are in that. So basically what I'm understanding is, is they are probably not directly uh, having an allergy. Again, we'll just use peppermint because that's what I have all over my hands right now. So <laughs> they probably aren't allergic to the peppermint, but the oil solution that it's being you know, transmitted v- via is what they're going to have the problem with or the concentration. It's, it'd be the concentration of it because you okay. can see what one drop did to you. So like, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's how warm you can feel how warm that is. And that's another reason why we're not going to use that with kids. It's a very warm oil oils like this that are tend to be warm or that I want still a therapeutic benefit from it. But one drop is almost too much is that I will get a roller bottle, five or 10 mil roller bottle, and I'll put my five to 10 drops in along with pretty much nine milliliters of of carrier oil with that. So then it's kind of pre-diluted, ready for me just to roll on and use. So we've talked about children and I know we're going to bring up like house pets and some other stuff. Are there specific groups of people that should avoid protected um, categories like COPD patients, diabetic, et cetera? Are there specific populations that should be avoiding use or should be talking to us before they use any of these essential oils? Absolutely. You know, if they want to use essential oils, I think that it is, you know, prudent, especially when they have a condition like that, that could be made uh, worse with a particular oil. Again, if you take one of those box star oils and you decide to stick it in your diffuser, what are you actually breathing in? Can that actually cause respiratory issues? Absolutely. For something that's not, you know, 100% oil that they actually have in there, therapeutic oil. So um, those are all things that they would want to definitely discuss with you. And so some of, you know, the other resources that I've cited for you, the chemistry of essential oils, the pocket reference book are very good for you to have in the office. You know, hey, I have a, you know, someone using this particular oil. Well, hold on just a minute. Let me go grab my pocket reference. And you can look that up real quick and, you know, be able to know whether there's a contraindication with that or not. Well, and judging by the back of my ears with the peppermint, I understand why I don't want to go to the bathroom for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> like, how many times am I going to have to wash my hands to be able to safely navigate okay, uh, wiping not... or using the equipment is what have, I'm getting at. Have I not taught you anything yet? What What do you need to use, guys? Grab you some olive oil. Oh, Grab... yeah. Yeah. Well, this is going to turn into a whole new episode if I have to rub olive oil all over me every time I go (laughs) use the bathroom. I'm just saying. That's going to be real interesting with the wife. Just be like, hey, the olive oil was already there. I just thought, you know. (laughs) 
yeah, let's get this party started. So uh-huh. <laughs> I can already hear these questions tomorrow. Okay, so I can smell the peppermint, but why are you slippery? Look, I had to put olive oil on me. I had to go to the bathroom after the episode, and Jennifer told me to rub myself down in olive oil. So exactly. you're like, were you cooking something? What happened? <laughs> E-V-O-O. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Pets, are there anything that we need to know or our patients sh- should know about either using them on pets or, you know, are, are any of these going to potentially negatively impact pe- pets? Yes. And they can. There was an article here, it was last year sometime, and it had to do with a cat. And the cat did not fare well. Sad for the cat. Um, I think there was another article with a dog. Did not fare well. Don't use essential oils. This is terrible and awful. Well, come to find out it was the box store, you know, oil or that they diffused it at night all night long and the animal couldn't get away from it. So cats have a different way of metabolizing than humans do, and it just takes them longer. They need to be able to get out of an environment of something that they don't like uh, the smell of. So all different species, breeds of animals have different levels of sensitivity and toxicity to essential oils than we do. So it's a good idea, you know, when we're in our homes and we have pets, that we start slowly. We don't put 10 drops into the diffuser. We start with one or two and in, you know, smaller doses. And so you need to consider the animal size, and especially if you're using it on the animal, the density of hair follicles. So interesting fact if you take, you know, your 4-H pig that you have, uh, the hair on that is very coarse and it is very few and far in between versus a horse. So you are actually going to use more oils um, on a pig than you would a horse or even a human because the hair is like that super highway conductivity of you just rub it on the animal and that the more hair they have, the less oil that you actually have to use. And so, and then, you know, consider their sense of smell. If you put oils on your hands and you put it in front of your animal, are they going to come up and lick you or are they just, you know, hightail away from there? And so that, you know, is a way that you'd be able to tell if your animal is going to um, have a reaction or not to something that you're using. I, well, first of all, I don't have a pig, so I can't, but it would make your pig smell better too. But I have some cats, and I'm pretty sure they lick their own ass. So I don't know if peppermint oil is really going to deter them too much from coming up to me. I don't know. I really think it would. If you put your hand down where the cat is, the cat's going to run from you. No. I don't know. Well, Well, cat's special. Don't don't go killing your wife's cat. She'll be pissed. Yeah, well, I'm allergic to them. I'm allergic to them, so maybe it's about time they're allergic to me. How about that? Tables have turned, cats. (laughs) gotta come after you so since i know i know we're getting here towards the end there there is another thing since we brought up olive oil and stuff earlier you were saying to us before that there are oils that are good for um well that would be useful to be mixed with olive oil if you get what i'm (laughs) saying here um oils for the bedroom yeah there we go Oils for the bedroom. I teach a class called Lucy Libido, and Lucy loves her bedroom oils. It's a actually a book that you can purchase. Lucy Libido. Look it up on Amazon, 
And uh, the more and books our you buy, the more money that for your Amazon <laughs> link, absolutely. And you can see how many people are now going to buy this Lucy Libido book with your Amazon because you can see how many books are going to be purchased now. But it goes through all of the different oils that you can use for the bedroom. So oils like Ylang Ylang and Orange have proven themselves as aphrodisiacs. They increase libido in women and men tend to respond to the scent on their women Tell as well. Right. Uh, Ylang Ylang is an excellent hormonal balancer. Which one was that? It's called Ylang Ylang. So you're telling me if I take a bath in that, <laughs> women will find me irresistible. <laughs> I think that particular oil is probably more for your woman, and you are going to find her irresistible. Oh, well, I don't think I don't think that's the problem at my household. I need to find a way to to rev her engine. So how do I do that? It will increase her libido as well. All right, there you go. So you lang you lang, keep that in mind. Sprinkle on your pillow, Tom. Little little you you lang you lang some orange and some chloroform, and this date is off to a good start. Just put this up. Put this on your hand and breathe in deep. That's what that's what Jennifer said. So you just use that in your bedroom. It's awesome. Okay, you ready for another one? Because I've got two more. I, oh, okay, so cypress is a wonderful oil for men and women. Cypress stimulates blood flow and circulation in the Amen. body. You get where I'm going here? Okay, so blood flow is kind of big, of a big deal when you're talking about squirming beneath the covers. So if you need help getting engorged, Cypress is your friend. Oh, so I would say so many jokes. I'm going to have to change the name of my junk to Cypress and be like, hey, he's, you know, like a tree now. He's engorged. So- Exactly. So if she wants you standing at attention like a saluting Navy SEAL, that depends on blood flow. And your super duper, oh my goodness, explosions for women depend a lot on that blood flow as well. So how do we do this? It's applied on the inner thigh on men and women and also on women one inch below the belly button. So you're going to do that about 15 to 20 minutes prior to get that blood flow going to those areas. We will a, not be a drop on each inner thigh and a drop on the belly button for the women. So actually the way I like to use this is to mix it with coconut oil. Tom likes olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> Tom likes, okay. Tom, right. Tom likes actually... anything that's going to make her squirm in the sheets. Though I don't know if I want to use the word squirm. That's out. <laughs> Tom, Tom and squirm doesn't like necessarily give the right impression. I think so. You're gonna love this. So I actually <laughs> take coconut oil that is the it's the solidified, and so I'm gonna melt that down, and I take a half pint container. And we'll put about 15 drops of cypress oil in it. And then Young Living has another oil actually called Sensation that gives a little bit of warming wow to it as well. And put another five drops in there. And then, of course, that solidifies back because it's a a cooler. It re-solidifies at a cooler temperature. And that's what we use. Pretty good stuff. You ready for one more? I 
I'm just imagining slathering up a coconut oil and then trying to be like, hey, <laughs> how are you doing? It's not that slippery, Tom. You just have to try it. And that's oh, a motion to your ocean, I'm Tom. fine with that. Do, say that again, that's a motion to your ocean, Tom. Hey, I'm. Uh, hey, this is all good for me. I'm just. The funny part is I'm having those like uh, scrub mon or montage moments in my brain, and I'm imagining me coming to my wife and be like, "Hey, I got coconut oil." I mean, she was like, "Yeah, I know. Go away." <laughs> So, okay, so I'm excited. Let's hear the last one. Let's yeah. hear this last one. All right. Okay, deflated hoses. Oh. Deflated hoses. We're going to use golden not, rod. Not it's a, a choice. Not a problem from here. Nope. Okay, but you may have other <laughs> listeners out there that need this information. So, deflated hoses and firmness of that soldier, you can use golden rod topically and mixed again with that coconut on the inner thigh. I like how it's called golden rod. It should be easy yeah, to remember. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. So the audience is not going to get to experience is as soon as we hear uh, stop recording, Tom is going to run downstairs and, <laughs> rifle, and see if his wife has cypress oil. His wife's essential oils to pull all these uh, bedroom oils out and try them all at the same time. I'm I'm going to lay money on it. <laughs> Well, okay. probably probably not tonight because uh, we're recording this uh, just like the show is being aired uh, after dark. We record after dark, and she wakes up way before I do because she's smart enough to get seven to eight to nine to twelve hours of sleep a night. I don't know what she sleeps, but I know it's more than me. So maybe not tonight, but tomorrow I'm going to lay down a tarp, and then when she gets home. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna baste myself in uh, coconut oil and olive oil, and then uh, just, like like buy the book, Tom. Buy the book. <laughs> I'm just gonna no. I'm gonna contact you directly and be like, okay, Jen, walk me through this. I might, I might even just have you Facetime while this is going on to be like, okay, what do, what do, what do I do now? Just, <laughs> oh my goodness. By the book, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The first thing that they're not going to get to see is I really have to go take a leak, and I'm going to have to wash my hands about six times <laughs> before I can pee now. Oh, wow. So this is it's a it's a race against time at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just going to ask her because my wife said you have to tell this. I have to tell this story because I'm an idiot. Jennifer, have you ever heard of thieves inducing uh, vomiting? I have not. What did you do? <laughs> so, it, one of the ladies at works diffuses different oils. And I was working in our urgent care, which is our after hours clinic. And the girl that I was working with was like, hey, do you know you can ingest these? Well, the just thieves. in general. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. And uh, so she's like, yeah. She's like, you, you just, you know, so... Me not knowing what the hell I was getting myself into or knowing anything about it, I'm like, oh, okay. And so I smelled it. And I'm like, oh, it kind of smells like clove. That's not bad. Well, clearly, after my peppermint experience today, I know that yeah, uh, smell and taste are entirely different. So I put a drop on my finger, put my tongue, or put the drop on my tongue and could not get it out of my mouth fast enough. Um, it was, whew, 
Like I was standing at the sink, like <laughs> trying to dilute my tongue as much as I could because it, I, I could not get away from it. And then when you breathe, you get that aroma. And so the rest of the night it was like clove, clove every, every time I breathe in. <laughs> so now it's to the point that because of how off putting it was straight like that, and I'm sure it not a white sure. label one. I learned that tonight. They do have a white label. I don't think this on one thieves. was because she uses it for diffusing. Okay. But now, anytime I smell thieves, I will gag to the point of, like, I've told her she can't diffuse it anymore in the office because it causes me, as in, like, even just talking about it now, I start, I'm starting to salivate. I can tell that it's like. I kind of want to go try this what, now. The, putting the thieves. Like, I want to see if my wife has it so I can try it just to see what happens. So, Steve's is a, actually a very hot oil. And it has clove, lemon, cinnamon bark, eucalyptus, and rosemary in it. Ooh, it sounds like so, I should be basting a chicken in it. Yeah, it is very, very spicy. Especially <laughs> I usually recommend putting it in some honey. That helps just a little bit. Would have helped tremendously um, and not just directly on my tongue. Probably that was not a a, a very good move for you. So now you have an emotional yeah. um, attachment with that oil that is negative, which is too bad because it is a absolutely fabulous oil to help support the oh, immune wife, system. Yeah, because so she's it, like, I'm like, you cannot open thieves in the house. I will, I will yak. And she's like, really? Like I. It's because I know they use it for cleaning and they even have like thieves toothpaste. Yes, it is in the entire line because um, of its therapeutic um, benefits for the immune system. So it's in like their whole line of cleaners and everything. It's a wonderful oil. And I'm sorry that you put it on your tongue. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Hey, hey, Ben, don't put Ajax on your tongue either. Just throw that out there. (laughs) Thanks, Tom. I appreciate you. Join us on a journey into the inner psyche of our guest as we ask five five, 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 five. questions. Well, Jennifer, so you get to be our inaugural guest for our new segment that we had talked about on some of our social media, Five Questions. Okay. Are you ready for these? Yeah. All right, question one. And these are just off the top of your head. Don't put too terribly much thought into it. Okay. What's your favorite medical word? Oh, my goodness. My favorite medical word. Yeah, for like like example, my favorite medical uh, term is metal schmertz. So, so like, anytime I get to use the word metal schmertz, trust me, I'm going to drop that in there. But that's just an example. Okay. Oh, gosh. I, I may be stumped on this one. My favorite medical term. I'm stumped. No, there's like, you've never heard anything. You're like, oh, my God, I really like that word just like cracks you up. Or like every time you hear it, you're like, oh, that's awesome. No, I was thinking like onomatopoeia or something like that. But that's not even a medical term. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a cool word. But I can't think of a medical term that is like. Ben, what's your favorite? I don't know that I have one. We were th- maybe thrown beside a penia just because of the way it sounds. I always, I always liked epistaxis a lot too. I may have to stick with like one or two syllables. You guys are like rattling <laughs> off. <the top>. Code <laughs> blue. That's no. 
yeah, code <laughs> code blue always gets everyone's attention. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Question two. If you could do any job in the world other than what you currently do, what would it be? I would I'd be an airline stewardess. Ooh. Interesting. Okay. I would. I could just like travel and meet new people and it'd be really cool. I would say, is it because you want to travel or you want to be packed in a tight spaces handing people pop? Well, I wouldn't maybe like that. Maybe I'd be at the pilot. Tom, do you want to ask question three? Yeah. So this one's kind of one of those, just think about it for a second and just tell us the first thing off uh, top of your head. So your first car, can you picture your first car? I can. Okay. Was it a stylish ride or a rolling turd? It was a stylish ride. Oh, there we go. What was it? It was a Toyota Celica. Hey, now that is a good ride. Right, with a moonroof in it and equalizers. It was bad. <laughs> was it fast? It was fast. <laughs> Don't ask me if I got any tickets. No, we won't. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question four. If your house is on fire and everyone, including pets, are safe, what's the one thing that you'd want to get out of your house? That would be all my pictures. So that would be my computer, my external drive. It's funny you should say that because my smoke alarms did go off today. I forgot about the chicken soup on the stove and I boiled it to death. <laughs> that was well, the reality. <laughs> all right. So this last one, you'll have to put a little thought into. You have $9.18 in your pocket. What all do you buy? $9.18 in my pocket. That's an awfully odd amount. Is this with tax or before tax? Yeah, either way. Yeah. Well, I would definitely buy chocolate. Do you have a specific chocolate in mind? I want Snickers bars. Mm. Yeah, I'd probably that and Reese's bars. I would definitely be buying chocolate. And I could probably get the four pack of wine, you know, in Missouri at Walmart. Wow. So you want you want a Snickers bar and a four pack of wine? <laughs> yeah. What else do you need? <laughs> Chocolate, wine, and then some essential oils on the thigh, and you're good to go. Oh, there you go. Yes. Yep. <laughs> That's a whole that evening. Nine dollars and eighteen cents spent. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, that concludes five questions. Ben, I think we've learned a lot, and we're we're coming up on our usual time to be doing uh, the end of the show here. So Miss Jennifer, I, I had a great time talking to you. I think we learned a lot. Good. Um, I hope so. So is there any last, you know, bits or parting information that you think people both, cause we're, we're going to have both skeptics and supporters listening to this. So sure. what, what's your final shot out about essential oils to uh, healthcare professionals? I think the important thing is, you know, to delve into uh, the science behind it. Uh, And one of my resources I've given you is a pharmacist, Lindsay Elmore. Uh, She's on Facebook. She will, you know, put it in that those medical terms that, you know, we need, we need those answers and so forth to be able to understand how these oils actually work. And so, you know, I think when we're, we're talking to our patients, knowledge is key. Uh, having that resource bias 
understanding the quality of the oil that they uh, have in their possession. If they just have a fragrance that they think is having a therapeutic benefit to them, or if it's actually a quality essential oil to them. So I know in my own health over the last two years, and Ben can attest to this, I saw him two years ago. The only other time that I've um, been to the doctor was that case of poison ivy, Ben. That was not good, was it? It was not pretty. And one other one other time, uh, really just for a health checkup, because I'm doing so well. And, you know, prior to that, I saw Ben and my other nurse practitioner a lot. And so, you know, I think it's a matter of using the oils yourself, too, and being comfortable with, you know, how those work in the body and how that can be a benefit, really, to your patient. So, you know, I invite anyone, if they have more questions, um, I'd be more than happy to answer them. Ben knows how to get a hold of me. I also have an essential oil email course, an e-course that I also do. And if he'd like to provide my website on there, too, that um, you can sign up for that and learn more about learn more about oils. Well, why don't you just shout that out right now so everybody listening, what is the name of your website? And it's yldist.com. That's younglivingdistributor.com. So yldist.com forward slash jumpin' jubilee. And that is spelled J-U-M-P-I-N-J-U-B-O-I-L-E-E. I had to be creative oh. with that one. And we'll make sure. Probably get trouble. So we'll make sure we put that in the show notes also. Yeah. Excellent. This has been fun, guys. You've been good sports with the peppermint oil and everything. So, been well, good. we'll find out how good a sport I am here in about yeah, 15 minutes. I think you're actually going to be. Sick. I think you're going to be good. Yeah, say, I think it's starting to starting to starting to die down a little bit off the uh, palm of the hands there. So, <laughs> but if you if anybody has any questions and want to get hold of us or Jennifer, let us know on any of our social media. So you can find us on. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Just Some Podcast. Our website, www.justsomepodcast.com. Email us, admin at justsomepodcast.com. Tom? Don't forget to use that Amazon link. Just go to the website, scroll to the bottom. You can click on that. It'll take you right to the website, cost you nothing, and it's free and easy to use, as you heard Miss Jennifer tell you earlier. Make sure you check out her website. Also, for the skeptics out there that I am... I'm still in your camp. I, I just want us all to remember that we are going to have patients using this. Let's make sure we look at the science and we heed some of the advice we heard tonight and say, hey, here's what we know is safe. And here's what we know isn't safe and kind of use those guidelines to go forwards. I agree. And I don't know what we're going to cover next week yet, Tom. Maybe how to get chemical burns off your junk when you have peppermint <laughs> oil all over it. <laughs> Genital burns. By the book. By the book. <laughs> um, what what's it like to be covered in two gallons of olive oil? <laughs> that's going to be have to be a, a photographic essay, though. Let's just. You are going to thank me later. <laughs> you will thank me. Ooh. Um, <laughs> You'll thank me later. But you know, Tom, I did hear before we close out the show one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to, Pop Psych One Hundred and One. And they were talking that in order to get into the upper 1% of podcasts, as far as number of episodes, do you know what that needs to be at? No idea. 25. 
Most podcasts do not last beyond 25 episodes. Tom? Oh, I didn't know that. The upper 1% are ones that are beyond that. Oh, my God. So You're in that upper echelon. Well, I think we always knew that before, but now that we got some numbers to put along with it and say, hey, this is proof in the pudding, we're tops. <laughs> but anyway, on that note, hope everybody enjoyed the show. If you're tuning in on Helium Radio, we appreciate it. If you're tuning in on your podcast listening device, we appreciate that also. And this is Ben. Hope everybody has a great week. This is Tom. Everybody stay safe out there. <laughs>